so Romans. Um, I must <laughs> tell you that <laughs> this started out as a seven-week series on the entire book of Romans, which I don't know what I was thinking because it, it, that was laughable. <laughs> that quickly became laughable as Justin and I were talking about it. And, and I was like, there's just, there's no way. The prospect of going into uh, the, a study of Romans in any kind of depth uh, in that length of time, just it wouldn't have been a possible. So then I kind of stepped back and thought, hmm. So, <laughs> so for seven weeks, we're going to be in one chapter of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. Romans 8. While you're doing that, I want to give you a bit of a summary because it's important. Um, some of you have heard me preach a little bit on this, this uh, verse that we're going to look at today. Um, a but a little bit of summary on the book. Romans is the, it's the, the New Testament's, it's the longest, uh, really most structured and most detailed description of Christian theology. Um, it, it's the longest, it's the most structured, most detailed description of Christian theology in the, in the New Testament. And what Paul does is he lays out the core, the core gospel message, which is salvation by grace alone through faith alone. I mean, that is, that is Paul's message. That is his life. That is his ministry. If you had to sum it up, that's what Paul talked about. There's only one way for salvation, right? And it comes through the grace of God. And then you must believe in that. So it's not just that it happened, and so then it's for everybody, but it's that you must put your faith into this. And this was the structure of, of everything that Paul wrote. And so his intent with, with Romans is to explain the good news of Jesus, this faith in which we're to have, and to do it in a very clear way, in a very accurate way, And because he knows he's writing not just to Jewish people who understand words like righteousness, um, but he's also writing to Gentiles, people who don't really have a background in this at all. So what I'm going to do today, if I, I don't, sometimes, I do title my messages sometimes. And I don't necessarily always say what they are, but it helps me or, you know, when we're thinking as a staff. But I've titled today's message, Four Words and a Phrase. Four words and a phrase. And just by the title of the message, it might now explain to you why this can be a seven-week series on one chapter of the Bible, because we're just looking today at four words and a phrase. So, verse 1 of Romans 8. Verse 1 of Romans 8. Um, this is what it says. I'm reading from the NIV with this. I know it might sound a little different in some of your, your versions, but this is the one I learned it in, so this is the one I wanted to to speak from. Uh, Romans 8, 1, it says this, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm pretty certain that before you leave this morning, you will have this verse memorized. <laughs> so, four words in a phrase. First word, therefore. Therefore, Therefore, you've heard me say this before, but it's like a it's like an English thing. It's a grammar thing. When you see the word therefore, what do you do? Yes, you got to see what it's there for, right? It's a curious word. I mean, think about it like this: if you got a text from someone and they started out with therefore, you're putting a question mark on that real quick, 
Like, what are you talking about? If you get an email that starts with, therefore, and then they go on, you're like, you're looking, like, is there a, you reply, what? Like, you, you want to see. If you get a letter that starts with, therefore, you're flipping the page, you're looking in the envelope, you're wondering where, what are you talking about? And that's exactly what, if you start, if we start here in Romans 8, 1 with, therefore, there's a lot to be, um, that's unknown. So, what I want to do, very quickly, very quickly, and I encourage note-taking in this regard, is I want to do a real quick, basically one highlight verse from each of the previous seven chapters. One highlight verse from each of the previous seven chapters, just to kind of, to help us understand why does Paul say, therefore? Why does he say this? Um, he sets this up. It's like a, a buildup. Because Romans 8.1, in, in regard to um, writing, it's, it is the climax of the book. Okay, so he's built up. Here's the very first thing, and it doesn't start out so hot for us, okay? Let's, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. It doesn't start out good. All right, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. See, this is building up to the therefore. The first thing that Paul wants us to know is that humanity rejected God and chose self. That humanity rejected God and chose self. So it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor did they give thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Okay, so it's not starting out well. But this is the reality of humanity. And I think if most of us were honest, when we look at verse 21... We either are going, yeah, I understand that. That's, I'm there or I've been there. I've been there. I've been, my heart's been darkened. I've been there. I've been foolish. I've ignored God. I, I knew he was there, but I, I, didn't, I didn't pay him any attention whatsoever. So that's chapter one. Chapter two, this is what he says, still not the best news, but in Romans 2, verses 5 and 6, we find out this, that not only do we, do hum, does humanity reject God, but now we find out that God is going to judge those who are unrepentant. God will judge those who do not turn around and come back home to him. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a word you don't want to, it's like, it's, but it's the reality. People are, well, that's horrible. Why would you say that? Because it's God's word. God will judge the unrepentant. Verses 5 and 6 of Romans 2. But because of your stubbornness, he's talking to the people, so this could be us. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed. Ooh, verse 6, God will repay each person according to what they have done. All right, so, so our hearts are darkened, we've rejected God, we've chosen self, and there is a judgment that is coming upon those who do not deal with this, who do not come to terms with this. And then we find in Romans 3, pretty well-known verse, verse 23, we find this, that all have sinned. So if people were going, okay, yep, some people have not, they have not chosen God, mm, Oh, and some people have not repented. Oh, those people, they're in trouble. Paul's like, by the way, chapter 3, all have sinned. So don't, don't try and rule yourself out just based on what you read in chapter 1 and chapter 2, which he didn't write chapters, by the way. This was one big letter. We threw the chapters and verses in there. But 
all have sinned. So there's no one that can like rule themselves out from this. All have sinned, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So it's not looking good. Here we go. Oh, and th- let, me, let me read also in chapter three. It, it, this was a, a double, double one for us. Good news starts to turn. Good news starts to be possible as, as, as Paul's laying this out in Romans. Here comes the good news, verses 24 and the first part of 25. It's this, is that redemption is possible through Jesus. There was, there was no way before up until we read this, there, there was no that you couldn't understand. There was no way to God based on what Paul was writing. We've all sinned, and if we've sinned, and 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 there's going to be judgment, and there's a darkness. It doesn't look good, but now redemption is possible. This is what it says: All are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Not through the redemption of anybody else or anything else. Only through Jesus Christ. Verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. So now there's a way. There's a a possibility for, for us to be made right. But you see what Paul's doing here. He's like, but there's a faith element. There's a faith element here. So Jesus is the answer will we choose the answer? Chapter 4, okay, we're still just in the review stage. Verse 24 and 25, we find this, good news, righteousness is possible through Jesus. Righteousness is available for those who believe, okay? Good news, good news. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God, hang on, I already read that, didn't I? Sorry. Righteousness for those who believe. God will credit righteousness. That's what I want, verse 24. God will credit righteousness in Romans 4 for those who believe in him and who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Okay, so there, no one's righteous, no one, but now we find out, oh no, Jesus is righteous, he has the righteousness of God, and it, by us exercising our faith in him, now we have this righteousness. He's setting all this up for the therefore in, in Romans 8.1. And just in case it wasn't clear enough, because Paul is trying to be very clear He wants to be very accurate. He wants people to understand this. We read in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus died for sinners. All have sinned, Romans 3, 23. Jesus died for sinners, Romans 5, 8. It says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 23, death or life, death or life. It's what it's posed to us. Because what we find is this, for the wages of sin, so what you earn, what you're gonna be paid for the sin that we commit and that we think and that we act upon, there, there are wages we're gonna get from that work. And the wages for that are death. Death. 
Might, might feel like something else in the short term. But the wages are death. For the wages of a sin is death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life. Wages you have to work for. A gift you don't have to work for. Wages you have to do something for. A gift, see, we don't, we don't work for God and get wages of, of eternal life. No, it's a gift from him. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so this is the case that Paul is building. He's building up to Romans 8.1. But then... And this is one of those, like, you, I've, I've, I've done a couple of messages on this through the years. The next point we find in Romans chapter 7 is, friends, that the struggle is real. It's real. Beginning in verse 19, Paul writes this. He's not saying, I'm going to write this on behalf of someone who's struggling with their faith. No, Paul the Apostle is writing this about his own life. Keep that in mind. And he says, for I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, and this is the conflict that Paul has. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me, for in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. The struggle's real. It's real for Paul. It's real for us. We should be honest with ourselves about this. God is righteous. We are not there's wages that we earn for the fact that we are unrighteous, and in our unrighteousness, we sin. And if we don't recognize that, if we don't turn to God in that, if we don't accept the gift of Jesus Christ, we're in trouble. And even in the midst of this, Paul's going, and I'm having a, pro I'm having a hard time with this. And he, he boils it down to a question in verses 24 and 25 of Romans 7. He says, what a wretched man I am. That's his conclusion. <laughs> That's his conclusion. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of that is subject to death? Who? Who will rescue me? Verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he's not saying, okay, if you understand that you sin and then you repent and you go, okay, I, I am unrighteous. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Okay, I'll receive the righteousness now. And then suddenly there's no more struggle. There's no more conflict within you, within your heart, within your mind. He's not saying that goes away. Paul's saying, no, here's the reality. God's righteous. We're not. You do need to accept Jesus Christ and the gift of, that's given. But the struggle will continue, but you got to keep going. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's not a, I have my salvation, I lose it, I have it, I don't. No, no. It's just called life in faith. It's called sanctification. 
we need to daily, hourly, <laughs> go, thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus. You know, you might want to set like a, a, an alarm on your phone, you know, like get a text every day at, at one o'clock going, what a wretched person I am who will rescue me from this body of death, right? Just depending on how the day went. And then like set one for like, you know, two minutes later, like, thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because that, that's, what, that's what Paul's saying. So this is the buildup. This is the climax. He says that, thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he says in Romans, what we know as Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it was just a continuation of his letter. Then he says, therefore, therefore, therefore. Therefore, there, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I said today is four words and a phrase. Um, now, I really think you understand why it will be easy to be a seven-week series on this. So the first word that we have is therefore. And I just told you, one through seven, why it's, what it's there for. So now we know what therefore. So you already got the first word. That's what it's there for. All right, now the second word. Now. 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 This might seem like an inconsequential word, friends. It might just seem like a, a throwaway word. But it's extremely important. When do we receive the verdict of no condemnation upon our belief in Jesus as Savior? What does the scripture say? When? 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 Okay, so not when I become an adult, whatever that is, <laughs> what's the age of that, uh, when we try harder, is that, what, is that what Paul's implying here? Is it, okay, no, when you memorize more of the Bible, you know, he's not, there's not, not some like hidden things in here, you know, is, is it when we get to heaven? Is that when really there's no condemnation upon us? No, what Paul says is therefore now. Now, right now. Whenever you read this letter, friends, now. Actually, when he wrote it, he meant now. So when Paul wrote it and he meant now, it's still now. Now. Right now. I want you to hear this. Right now, you are not condemned if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're not condemned. Actually, he's, he's paid the price for you not to be condemned, but it's, it's on your faith. You put your faith in that, and now you are not condemned. How many of us are living, though, as if we are still condemned? How many of us are living under that? Paul says, now, now you are no longer condemned. You are no we walk around as condemned people, believers, Walking around as condemned people. Somebody, somebody here needs to hear that this morning. Therefore, now, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation now. Now. 
therefore, now. It, it seems too good to be true because the battle of Romans 7 is very real, right? Therefore, now? It seems, yeah, the, the battle of doing the things that I don't want to do and not doing the things that I want to do, it's very real. And for some of us, we go, but I feel like I deserve condemnation right now. But the truth is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what God's word tells us. Right now, not later, not one day, now. Right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now. Therefore, now. No. No. Now, this is stronger than a simple no that we know in our English. It's stronger than that. In the original Greek, there are really two words in the Greek for no, and you get ooh, spelled O-U-U, or you get udais. That's spelled O-U-D-E-I-S, udais. And udais is the word here, and udais is a very, very strong, emphatic no. It's, it's like they didn't really have superlatives like we do, right? So they didn't have like great, greater, greatest in, in the Greek or even in the Hebrew, really. So often you would find words repeated. When you read in your Bible, like when Jesus says, like, like if you go King Jimmy version, it's like, verily, verily, I say unto you, you know, like truly, truly. It's not that Jesus was repeating himself. That's just the best way they could put it in the scriptures, how much truth that really was. Or when we read about uh, the, 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 the angels of the cherubim and the seraphim who are before the throne of God worshiping him all day and all night for eternity, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, it's not because they're repeating themselves it's because that is the best way that they know how to to put into the scriptures how very holy God is and so when we read no here in Romans in Romans 8 it really means like no not none at all and I know that's like a triple negative which totally cancels itself out in our English but not in not in the Greek no, none, not at all. Just a little bit of condemnation. No, none, not at all. Not for those who are in Christ Jesus. So he's not just holy. He's not just holier. He's holiest. Jesus didn't just tell a little bit of truth. He told the most truth. This udais, no, in the Greek. No, not None at all. Which I know is really, really bad grammar, but I just want to make that point. So it's not less condemnation. It doesn't say, therefore, there is now less condemnation in your life. Congratulations. Therefore, now, there is no, none, not at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, now, no, let's talk about condemnation for a moment. No condemnation seems like too good to be true, right? You can understand maybe less condemnation because, wow, okay, it's God and he does this thing, but I mean, it's, no, no, it, no, no condemnation. My heart, my mind have a hard time feeling the release of condemnation. How about you? But here's the question to that, because you might go, yes, Shannon, I do have a hard time with that. So what? 
So, so you have a hard time with that. So you have a hard time accepting that there's no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. I don't know if I can really grasp. So, you're not God. <laughs> His word says, and if you believe in him, there is no condemnation in your life. So why don't we start to live as if there's actually no condemnation? Why don't we walk out from under those burdens and those regrets and those things in our life that have just worn us down to nothing? And we go, no, I'm going to walk today as if I am not under condemnation because that's what God's word says. Even if I don't feel it, God's word says it, so I'm going to believe it. So if you feel it, if you feel, I don't know, so, that's my answer to that, so. And you can say that to me too, (laughs) So, Shannon, so. Let the scriptures outweigh your feelings, porch community. Let the scriptures outweigh your feelings. Let the truth of scripture reveal that because of Christ, God has told us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So really, where, where you need to be if you're struggling with that, with Romans 8.1, is for you to just go, okay, am I in Christ Jesus? Because that's really where, it's the faith aspect. That's the part you play. You don't get to play a role in whether you're condemned or not. You don't get to play a role in whether, you know, how you can determine, is it 100% I'm you know, freed from, or is it 98%? No, you don't have a part in that. That's God's work. Your work is having faith in him. That's, that's, where our, that's where we put in our focus, right? So let the truth of the scriptures be what it is. Let it outweigh your feelings. Because even though I feel like I might need to be condemned, even though I know I should be condemned, even though I think God should have turned his back on me, he said, no, none. Not at all. None for you. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. I'll never turn my back on my sons and daughters. I will not turn my back on you. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No, not, never. No. Now, consider the flip side. We need to. We, we must. If you're not in Christ Jesus, there is condemnation. There is. If you are not in Christ Jesus and you are walking in that life of, that, that Paul lays out in Romans 7 very well, just doing, doing what you want, and, and maybe even you, you struggle with it, but you know that's where you are, You have not escaped condemnation. There is condemnation if you're not in Christ Jesus. And so when Paul writes, there is no condemnation, he himself, who laid out his struggles in Romans 7, he put that in there. What you find in there, he is writing from a place of confidence and peace because the confusion of Romans 7 has now been handled. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and there is for those who are not. And we receive this glorious declaration from God. 
We receive it through the certainty, even though we know we deserve condemnation. We have this standing that when, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus Christ. When he looks at us as condemned people because of our sin, it's what we deserve. He sees our identity in Jesus. Paul knows this. That's why he writes it. He knows it about himself. He's condemned no more. And for those of us who believe in Christ Jesus, neither are we. So four words. Therefore, now, no condemnation. And here's the phrase. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who have been saved by faith, as Romans 3.23 tells us. Those who have been saved by their faith in Jesus. The promise of salvation is for those who believe. There's this beautiful New Testament phrase throughout the New Testament. I, I would encourage you sometime to do like a, a, it's not really a word study, it's more of a phrase study, but look at the t- how many times in the New Testament it says in Christ or with Christ. What, what does that mean? What does that mean to be in Christ? For those who are in Christ, well, how do I get in Christ? Because it doesn't look good if I'm not in Christ. So how do I get in Christ? Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to end with this passage out of Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 4. Actually, I say we're going to end there. We're also going to jump over to 2 Corinthians 5 for a quick second after that. And then we'll pray. And then we'll give God the glory he deserves. (laughs) But here's what Ephesians 2 says, beginning in verse 4. How do we get in Christ? That's the question that we asked. For those who are in Christ Jesus. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He repeats it. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We didn't earn these wages. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once, all right, I'm going to read this again. But now, now. In Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ Jesus. We were far away, but he gave his life for us. We say yes to him. We are in Christ Jesus. As the band comes back out, I want you to hear this. Therefore, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, therefore, <laughs> there it is again, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone, the new is here. Let's pray together. Father, you, <laughs> your goodness and your graciousness, it does not make sense. Thank you, Lord, that it doesn't make sense. Because if it made sense to us and it was logical to us, then we would find a way to figure it out without you. Mm -mm. So I'm glad that this is hard to, to fathom. I'm glad it's hard for us to, to wrestle with. But the, the reality is, is that it's just Jesus. Where we have failed, you've brought Jesus. Where we have sinned, there you have you've brought to us Jesus. Where we've run to you and then we've run back away from you and back and forth and back and forth, there still is Jesus. So my prayer for all of us in this moment is that we would just understand that right now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And for any who are not certain <laughs> that today would be the day they say, yes, God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, my sins have been forgiven. Thank you, they have been covered. I'm still trying to figure out this condemnation thing, but there's your word, and I heard it preached upon, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe this, and today's gonna be the day that my life is different. I'm not gonna live like a condemned person anymore. And if that's the prayer of your heart, would you tell somebody about that today? That's what community's about. That's why we're here to walk alongside of each other. Therefore, now, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus.